you ready this morning? You got your pen, your paper, your coffee, everything. We're going to go for it. We're going to have an awesome time in the Word. But before we start this morning, I just want to, I want to speak to you about something that concerns me in my heart, and I want to bring some sort of clarity to it. I'm going to preach on it, going to touch on it in the Word, maybe in different places, but in, in case I forget it, I want to handle it right now. Okay, so there are at least right now on my phone, probably this week, four different prayer initiatives in the country nationally. Okay? So I want you to understand as members of this church, we are in our heart connected to whatever prayer is going out in the country. But here's a question. So which one do I join? Do I join this national prayer initiative or this national prayer initiative? Or that? There are four going on right now. Or, do I, or at the same time, do I neglect the prayer initiative that's going out from this church on a constant basis that we are praying constantly? There are prayer requests coming in. We are praying for them. And on a Wednesday, Wednesday evening, we are live and covering that kind of prayer on a Thursday when I'm live before and afterwards, lately we've been praying for people and requests. On a Friday between 12 and 2, you are welcome to come into the church. We have a time of open prayer for the emergency in our country. We are praying from 12 to 2. So I want to say to you that unity, and we'll address it in John 16 and John 17, is not in the oneness of how many places I can be unified to walking together with them, going to their meetings, um, being part of whatever, prayer for eternal. Unity is not, is not judged, is not calculated by my oneness in person in that place. Unity is an, a heart situation, and it's in Christ. Christ is my unity. I'm unified to what God is doing by the unity in Christ and in the message of the gospel. And I need to say that because there are these question marks that come up every now and then and say, now which initiative? You, you help me. You know, which one do I choose? Or do I involve myself in any of them because maybe their gospel is different to mine? So trust the pastors, trust the leadership of this church to continue praying, to continue be unified. I have to address this because there are definitely question marks out there. I'm answering your question this morning. We are unified in the prayer of this country and we are praying from here. In fact, we pray for those initiatives. We pray for other churches at the same time, but pray for us that we can be meaningful within our community, in our church, with our, and it doesn't, I don't want that to sound like our church, our Bruce went out this week. I encouraged them. They went out this week, the day before the real cold hit Kimberley. They printed big poster, almost like newspaper, almost like demonstration placards. Jesus is Lord. You know, you, you, I'll, I'll post some of the, there was these like Kimberley for Jesus. And they went out with an initiative while the ch church's doors are closed. And here's my second point. Do we be reactive to every single thing that reacts out there and causes reaction? Or are we proactive as a church in what we do? Instead of notifying and taking notice of every negative thing, 
which in a lot of cases is a distraction? Or do I turn my head away from what causes me to be distracted, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, and stay the race, stay with my message, stay with the positivity, stay with the message of the cross, lift up Jesus and be proactive out there instead of notifying and taking notice of every kingdom, local kingdom, I'm talking about earthly kingdom practice in the natural I should be declaring the kingdom that is from above with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and declaring Jesus. So, you know, just understand this morning, sometimes it feels necessary to address some stuff and just say to people, listen, we are busy doing as much possible and you are so welcome to phone or to contact and say, where can I be involved prayerfully right now? We can tell you where to pray from home or from here or wherever and we are proactive pursuing to push out the gospel. You heard Paul. He said, in defense of the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to go on. And this morning's message is titled, You Are Royalty. And I'm continuing from where I was on Thursday night. I just felt that that message is so powerful and so um, strong that we continue with it this morning. So 1 Peter 2. If you'll go with me to 1 Peter 2, and um, we're going to start here, I think, probably from the 8th verse. You will remember that a couple of weeks ago, we were preaching out of Psalm 118, and um, this is the day that the Lord has made. You will rejoice and be glad in it. Which day? The day that Jesus went to the cross and finished it. And you know, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians somewhere, it says, if the world rulers, if the earthly rulers had known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because in his opposite, you know, Father, forgive them for them, in that opposite spirit of speaking that blessing out over us, that forgiveness and that completion and that victory, it cannot be undone. What Jesus did on the cross is a finished work. It cannot be undone. It cannot be rewound. It cannot be untied. It is finished. It is complete. Your and my salvation in him is a done thing. So back to uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 8 says, A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But, <laughs> but, this is a good but, okay? Are you, just say but God. Say but God. You know, there's certain stuff that comes into your life, and you see this stuff, and it's really bad. When you see that, put a but in there, say but God, all right? But God. But you, say me, are a chosen generation. You're a chosen generation. You need to go and look at that word generation. It's a genealogical thing. We are of God's genes. We are of God's. We are sons and daughters of You are a chosen godly generation, a royal priesthood, a priesthood of kings. You are kings and priests, Revelation says. You are kings and priests for your God. That's who you and I are. So this morning, we are talking about the royalty. We are talking about the proclamations that come from your mouth. You are like 
royalty. You know, royalty sits on the throne and they bring out a law, they bring out a proclamation, and they say, This is how it will be. And it is da 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 da. They have a guy who goes into the street in those old days and he would roll out that, that scroll and he would, you know, they would blow the trumpet and then they would say, Hear he, hear he, hear he. And everybody would stand still and listen. And then they would say, The king has said, So when you speak a word in this world and you declare something, it's like a trumpet going off. It's like something that needs to be said. You know that God says in Amos, he says, God does nothing in the earth unless he first tells his servants, the prophets. Why is that? What what does God need? He needs a declaration to be made in this realm. He needs a declaration. It's decided in the heavens as it is in heaven so also on earth, as it is, as it is. We need to make those confessions. We need to make those, those statements because that's what takes place. When we do that, we're making a declaration that comes from heaven. It's a heavenly proclamation. It's a decree. It's a confession. You know, I, I was thinking this week when we took um, communion on Wednesday night, Uh, on the online prayer. When we took that communion, I said to myself on the way to church when I bought the bread and the grape juice, how many communions have you had in your life? How many times have you stood at the table, maybe at your own house, maybe just a private communion, you and your wife or you and your husband, a private or the ones you've had in church? How many communions have you had since you became a child of God? You know, Communion is a remembrance of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember his death. Why his death? Because that's where he finalized the covenant of peace. You know, when, when God is says, um, says comparing this covenant to an old covenant, he said, when looking at the waters of Noah, he said, this is as the waters of Noah to me. Not the destructive part of the waters of Noah. The time that at the end of the flood, he put a rainbow in the sky and said, I will never again destroy the earth by water. And he put that rainbow there as an eternal covenant of peace that God made. Never again will he be mad at the earth to destroy it with water. He put it up there. But we in the New Testament have a prophesied covenant to us. And that prophesied covenant to us in the New Testament is that rainbow is that sign of the cross, Jesus going to the cross, making an eternal covenant of peace with you and me by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our eternal covenant of peace. So Jesus makes the covenant between the Father and the Son. There's a covenant. We are heirs of that covenant. So when we come to the communion table, we're reminding ourselves there's a remembrance of the covenant of peace that God made with us of the breakthrough that Lord Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins, what the death of the cross achieved. Guys, hey, listen to this. Every time you did that, you might have had a communion and then you might have had a total meltdown the day after, right? If you had a total meltdown the day after that communion, that doesn't change what God did in your life, all right? That doesn't change... But then how many times after that you did another communion? And I was thinking about the confessions 
that you made at the communion table and how those confessions have gone ahead of you in life and stayed faithful to you, even though you might have forgotten the times that you stood at the communion table and made confessions and made a prayer. God heard those. God heard those and saw the condition of your heart at that time. All of those are stored up in your favor. They banked to your credit. Oh, come on, somebody shout. They banked to your credit. They are there for you to recognize that God did something for you and you have chosen to confess that. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Listen, that peculiar is not peculiar ha-ha. That's not peculiar strange. That peculiar means specifically that you are separate to other peoples. You are, you are unique, as it were. You are a peculiar people. Child of God, you are unique in your uniqueness as a child of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Listen. He said you are a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of Him. Somebody praise Him. That should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Every time you declare your Christianity, every time you pray a prayer, every time you praise, you are showing the fact of your testimony that once I was lost, now I'm found. Once I was full of sin, but now I'm washed in the blood, I'm a child of God, I'm righteous. When it comes to that, I'm showing forth the praises. Darkness is not a kingdom. Darkness is a state of absence of light. Faith is not the opposite of fear. Faith is the absence of, uh, fear is the absence of faith. How did I say it? I might have said it wrong now. Fear is the absence of faith. Darkness is the absence of light. You are superior to both darkness and to fear because you are a child of light. And the perfect love of God is shed abroad in your heart. You are a carrier of atmosphere. A couple of services now, we've been talking about the perfume and the savor, hey? The perfume and the savor of a child of God from life to life. Wherever you go, you're carrying a perfume. You're carrying an atmosphere changing. When that woman broke that alabaster box and that perfume filled, the smell of that perfume filled the house where they were in and changed the atmosphere, changed the smell, changed the condition, so are you. You are a changer of atmospheres wherever you go. Amen? Hallelujah. Say, I'm royalty. Which in time past were not a people but now are the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Say, I have mercy. I have obtained mercy. I have obtained mercy. We need to rehearse the overcoming scriptures. You need to find scriptures of overcoming. You need to find scriptures of victory. In this time of pandemic and negativity and question marks, and as, 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 as Sean was saying, and Sean didn't know what I'm preaching this morning, Sean was saying in that message to you, there are people who have lost their faith. There are people who have totally said, God, you haven't answered our prayers. After 16 months, people are losing their faith. What about the Josephs that waited 17 years for his prophetic word to come? What about the Davids that waited 15 years plus before he became a king? All those prophetic words came to pass because God said, my word will not fall to the ground. It will come to pass. 
We've faced 16 months. Don't look at the 16 months in an impatience and say, oh, God, I can't take it anymore. I know that's the intent or the, the, um, the, 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 the feeling we sometimes get, but we've got to stay motivated, patience, the hope, the constant expectancy of good works, patience. In the midst of tribulation, that which is my hope, the constant expectancy of God works in me a better work. It works something out and through me. Guys, we need to stay in the words of overcoming. These words of overcoming need to be our motivation to one another and from God to us and then to one another. We need to motivate. We need to keep the morale of the children of God up. We need to speak life, speak life, speak life, speak life, speak life, speak life. Hallelujah. Oh, man, God is awesome, awesome, awesome. And we have obtained mercy. Okay, so let's look at one of those verses, which is my favorite of favorites. But anyway, there are so many favorites in a, in a pastor's life when it comes to word. But um, yeah, we won't speak about that right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans 8. Romans 8. Ah, Romans 8 verse 37. Let's read it for a change in the Amplified. In the, in the King James, it says, nay, which means no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I've got to keep myself in now that I don't shout and scream and become impossible here on the platform because of all the non-negative things that are being said out there. Uh, okay, 37, yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who past tense loved us. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. How many more times do we have obtained mercy? We have been given the mercy of God. His mercy endures forever. We need to take all the forgiveness scriptures, all the scriptures that say He became our forgiveness. He became our, 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 our guilt offering. He died in our place. He became sin. He was made sin, 2 Corinthians 5, so that we could be made the righteousness of God. Jesus went through, I wanted to put the board up here this morning and do the whole replacement offering thing. He became sin so that we could become righteous. He became cursed in Galatians 3 so that we could become blessed. He became sickness, Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter, so that we could become by his stripes healed. All of those replacement, he was naked so that we could be clothed. He was rejected so that we never have to be rejected. He, was, he, he became the lost so that we could become the found. All of that took place by just looking at the light and the glory of the cross. That is who we are. And we became sanctified and justified and righteous because of him. So when do I stop? becoming righteous or being righteous. There's a declaration over my life. I am now the righteousness of God. I am forgiven. I come out of a church history where Sunday for Sunday, we would have to come up to the altar in a, in a Sunday evening service and confess our sins again and again and again and again. You become what you repeat. 
You become what you look at. You become what you, 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 you see. If I'm constantly going to be this person that, you know, I'm sorry that I breathe type, you know, patheticness, when do I become the royalty? When do I step out and say I am a royal priesthood? When do I get to the place where I say I'm forgiven? Do you hear what I'm saying? There's, a, there's this constant, you know, Psalm 51. Great psalm. But put the cross between Psalm 51 and me. I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. You're righteous. You're changed. You're renewed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You're the ones that walking out there, walking out righteousness every single day. How do I pray for a sick person if I don't believe that I can pray for them? I'm not worthy to pray for them. I'm not justified to pray for them. I'm not righteous enough. I've got to... No, 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 no. Jesus sent you into the earth to be that representation. Hallelujah. Sorry if I get... Uh, where was I? 37, Romans 8, 37. For I am persuaded. Listen, guys. I am persuaded. This is a conviction in Paul's life after having looked at the Gospels, looking what Christ did, spending time with Jesus. This is Paul's persuasion. Even amidst much persecution and tribulation, Paul says, I'm persuaded beyond doubt, am sure, that neither death nor life, oh man, I'm going to shout something, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principality, oh, Oh, excuse me, new angels or principalities, demonic angelic forces and principalities or good ones, not one of them can separate me from the love of God. Guys, come on, there is nothing that can be done. He said, not one of them, whoo, where am I, where am I, where am I? Um, Persuaded angels or principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else. All creation will be able, uh, in creation, in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is an absolute impossibility this morning that anything can separate you from the love of You can separate yourself by saying, oh God, I don't deserve this. But no, 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 God says no. I've loved you. I've chosen to love you. you, How many of you parents have an understanding of what kind of child you've got? You know who your child is. Somebody comes and tells you something that is totally against the character of your child. You, You know that you will not receive that message? You'll say, that child of mine is the way I brought him up. That child of mine is the way I declare him. That child of mine is not bad, he's good. We see parents of people whose children are guilty of very bad things, going to prison with them and sitting with them and believing other things of them because they simply cannot believe anything else. They love them too much. That's just a natural example. And they go to that, that death row cell or that life in, imprisonment cell, and they stay with their child. They, they continually assist their child, say, what can I do? It's my child. There's something far deeper and far more uh, um, 
bonded together with us between God and us. We are His children. And He will not receive anything else because He has reason to. He has washed us in His blood. We've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Guys, this is awesome stuff. I hope you're getting this. John 16, John 16, John 16. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited I'm paging in the wrong direction this morning. Hallelujah. Bible's turned back to front, upside down. I'm drunk. No, I'm not. John 16. John 16. Hallelujah. I hope you're receiving something good this morning. It's time we dug our heels in. You know, we got to, that's far enough. Draw a line in the sand. Say you will not defame the, the character and the reliability and the righteousness of my Father. He loves me inseparably. He paid with His Son a price. He will not let me go. He will never leave me nor forsake me, no matter what I see. Amen? Hallelujah. Right. John 16, verse 33. <laughs> Mm. Jesus speaking to the disciples about his coming arrest and what it's going to do to them. They're going to be scattered and all sorts of things. They, he hasn't gone there yet, but he's telling them, 32, Behold, the hour comes, yes, now is come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Now listen, why is he saying these things? These things I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Jesus himself in red letter words saying there are times of trouble in the world. In its fallen state with its sinful nature you will have tribulation. Hello. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Guys, that's one statement that you can put up in your bedroom, put up on a mirror, put up somewhere. Say, hey, I'm going to have trouble. But know what? God told me to be of good cheer, to be joyful, to be happy, to be secure in the fact. He said, I've overcome the world. And then Romans 8 says, but you are more than overcomers. Because he did it, you enjoy the fruits thereof. Okay. Let me, let me make a statement. Um, Connor's dad, uh, uh, Grant, I think his name, uh, was preaching this week, and I just happened to see a little portion of it. He said, we cannot, um, oh, I'm going to lose the word. We cannot make our own. I, I can't get that big English word that I wanted to use. We cannot make our own what grace has by faith, what grace has not already procured for us. Okay? Listen to this. Grace procured by the blood of Jesus, by the action of Jesus, grace has given us eternal life. Grace has given us forgiveness. I cannot faith that by itself. So faith on its own doesn't operate without grace. Grace attained it for me. Faith procures it for me. So I cannot get anything that grace has not already done for me. But if I know what grace has done for me, by faith I can attain it. I can take hold of what grace has given. Your salvation is by grace. 
your salvation, your forgiveness, your healing, God's grace. We are saved by grace through faith. So now I believe what? I believe what grace has given me. Grace has given me forgiveness. Grace has given me righteousness. Grace has given me justification. I, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to read it. It's too long. But go home and take Romans 5 and slowly read from the top of Romans 5 to the bottom of Romans 5. Read every verse and see the fact that one brought judgment. One, brought, one sin brought just judgment and separation. One brought disobedience. One brought that judgment upon us. But the other one brought grace, forgiveness, justification, and righteousness. Talking about Adam and his sin and what it did, it brought death upon all men and judgment. But Jesus' death brought life. We, and, and then I love that statement. It says, we sin abounds. Grace abounds much more. Whoa, let me tell you a a testimony. There was this one young lady, she wanted to be so badly part of the church, and she was in the church, but she had a couple of bad habits still, and there was like the church board members' eyes were like big because they saw this woman's habits, and the pastor was already letting her play music on the the platform, and there was stuff that she was doing that that the the church board knew about that they didn't like, and that's the thing. I'm talking about habits, you know, and, and things. And, and the pastor said, I believe in the power of grace. I believe in the power of love. I believe in the power of God. And kept, kept on, kept on, kept on. And she was listening to the tape for the music, for the worship, for the next weekend. She was driving in her car. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the power of God hit her inside the car. Hit her so much, she had to pull over. She couldn't see the road. She turned the windscreen wipers on, thought there was rain on the windshield type thing. In the meantime, it was tears in her eyes. She pulled over, and grace abounded in that car to the extent that she was set free in a moment. All that habitual stuff went out the window, and that woman came to church saying, I'm free, I'm free. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. That is the presence of what we should, we shouldn't be talking people's faults and the country and its, and its sinfulness. And, you know, can I say, make a statement? I, I want to I close off, but I want to make a statement to you today. Oh, let, let me read it. Go with me to John 17. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the word and then I'm going to make the statement. Can you go with me to John 17, verse 15? This is Jesus' high priestly prayer to us, okay? And I want you to to hear this this morning. He says, um, verse 15, I pray not that thou should take them out of the world. Hello? Jesus is going and his disciples are with him. And the mandate for planting the church has been given to them that from there they will be testifiers and witnesses. And you know what happened. They went out into the world, the disciples and Paul and, and, and the disciples that the, the, the disciples made, and they preached the gospel. And you and I are products of that fact that they didn't leave then, but they stayed and preached the gospel. 
People want to preach a word to us today that we got to take the first rapture bus out of here while there are millions of people who still haven't heard the gospel. And they want to, they want to preach it from this point. They want to say to protect us from the growing sin in the world. At any stage in history, there's been an amount of sin in the world, and it's always looked to the generation that's in amongst it as if it would overcome them. It never has. The gospel and the light has always grown that level above whatever sinfulness is in the world. God didn't, God's not worried about sin overtaking us. We are the perfume. We are the effectualness of the atmosphere. We are the light. We are the salt. We shouldn't be afraid of pollution this way. They should be afraid that we don't affect them like atomic material that you've been exposed to what? To light and love and goodness. We're not running away. We're advancing the kingdom of light in amongst the darkness. Listen, listen, listen. You've got you to hear this. You've got to read Verse 15, it's in the Bible. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from evil. Father, deliver me from evil, for thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory forever and ever. There's a deliverance from evil for you and me by the blood of Jesus, by the finished work, by the Holy Spirit. We're not afraid of evil. Evil is threatened by us. Come on, church, come on. We are the conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Okay, here we go. Here we go, almost. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. What? What? How was Jesus sent? Jesus was sent with the Holy Spirit. And he came out of the baptism waters. He went into the wilderness. He faced Satan, then came back in power and did all those wonderful. Jesus is saying, as I've been sent, so send I you. We have a duplicate sending that Jesus had on our lives. We should be afraid of nothing. We shouldn't be considered even to be afraid of anything because we have a mandate of sending that comes straight from head office comes straight from jesus Woo, ha, ha. he said <laughs> i pray not that they are they are not of the world even as i'm not of the world sanctify them with their word as you have sent me so have i sent them verse 19 for their sakes i sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth I want to preach on that, but I haven't got the time. We are sanctified by the same truth that Jesus preaches and we believe. All right. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which also shall believe on me through their word. Tell me something. Who is he praying for now? He's praying for you and me. He said, I don't only pray for these that I'm leaving behind right now, but I'm praying for those who will come to know me through their word. Hey, tell me something. Did Jesus' prayer ever fail? In anything that you know of, has Jesus' prayer ever failed? No, I don't know any of Jesus' prayers that ever failed. He's prayed for you. He's prayed for you. He's prayed for you. Jesus has prayed for you. Do not lose heart. Do not lose hope. Jesus has prayed for you. He continues to intercede for you. He's your advocate. He's your high priest. Wow, I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> yes, Lord. Uh, neither. Uh, that they, all, that they all may be, ah, 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 
listen, that they all may be one. Listen, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Can I just say that proves what I was saying in the offering? That proves what I said at the start. The oneness is not in the unison of how many of us can get together in one stadium and say, we agree, we agree, we agree. The oneness is in Christ. My unification is in I'm believing in Jesus. They believe in Jesus. That makes us body. We are one. Guys, I, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, Give me one more scripture, please. Just one more scripture. Revelation 1. I just need to do one more scripture. Revelation 1, verse 5 and 6. Uh, he's greeting the churches in Asia. He's just said grace and peace to them also, like we read to the seven. And, and he's talking about the seven spirits which are before his throne. This is Revelation. Talking about the spirits before God's throne. Never mind, I'm not going to get into that right now. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, past tense. I am washed, I am cleansed. I am sanctified by a finished work that is in every communion service. I'm righteous. I'm justified. Repent from what? No, no, no. The sinful must repent and come to know the Lord. The righteous must preach, must heal, must pro proclaim, must go forward and declare the goodness and the works of God in the earth. Sorry, I just have to get on it to this morning and get on with it. It's time for the church to arise to an understanding of their righteousness and holiness, not being arrogant, but being bold to say, I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. All those old 1950s, 1940 choruses, we need to bring them back and believe in what the blood does and what, oh man, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for watching this morning. And as you are getting ready to, we're getting ready to end the broadcast, we want to pray for you again. Father, I thank you this morning that you fill each house, each home, each heart of each child of God watching this broadcast with a surety, with an understanding, with a steadfastness, with a standing on the rock that is Christ, with a, with a knowledge that surpasses everything that brings a peace that they are children of God. And the circumstances that we see around us are not because we've missed it. It's not because we are sinful. It's not because we don't believe. It's not because we have drifted away from God and now God is angry with us. No! God will never ever be angry with man again because he put his anger and his judgment on Christ. God is not angry with the church. God is not angry with the believers. God didn't put a pandemic in the earth. Sickness is from the devil. Sickness is, listen, 
if Jesus did not pay the price by his stripes, we are healed. If Jesus paid the price for sickness and now God is the author of sickness, then it means that Jesus is fighting God about sickness in the earth. That just cannot be true. My gospel, my word says it cannot be true. In spite of what you see, and although I don't have all the answers, I know one thing. This sickness does not come from God, and this pandemic is not God's destruction to the earth to to judge us. No, no, no. He put judgment on Jesus. Healing is by the power of the Lord Jesus. This is an attack, yes, but the attack is from the spirit of infirmity, spirit of sickness, Spirit of fear, spirit of darkness, spirit of death. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. And we declare, Lord of lords, King of kings. You are, oh, can't sing. You alone are worthy. All the earth and heaven sing praises to your name. You reign. You reign. You eternally reign. Oh, man. Glory Glory, 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 glory in the earth, glory in the church, glory in the street, glory in the bus, glory in the dentist chair, glory, 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 glory. His truth is marching on. Hallelujah. May you be blessed. May you be filled. May you just feel a, feel a flow of peace this morning in the mighty mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for watching. We are praying for you. Let us know your prayer requests. And we speak healing. We speak breakthrough. We, we, we're praying for Hendrik, who is in ICU. In, I don't want to name names because there's so many. We're praying for Hendrik. We're praying for Jane, Nolan, Peter, and Adele, sister-in-law. We're praying for all the people who are suffering from COVID and post-COVID. We're praying for people who have to go to hospital for other reasons right now, that they will be protected and that they will be healed, that they won't have to go. Father, we thank you for peace in the earth. We thank you for peace in our government. We thank you for overflowing joy in our churches. We thank you that grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. And the love of God, ah, the grace, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all now and forever. Amen.